Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Hey, and welcome back to the Wolverine Live. I'm John Borton, and we've got a real treat for you tonight. If you're tuning in, we've got Tom Crawford, as always. and uh, But we have former Michigan quarterback John Wangler with us tonight, someone who certainly uh, did great things for Bo Schembechler back in his day and also stays very close to Michigan football, knows a whole lot about it. John Wangler, welcome to the Wolverine Live. Hey, thanks, John and Tom. Happy to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Well, we, we're going to jump right into football, obviously, uh, with a guest like John Wangler. And the, the one thing I want to start this off with, John, we're going to talk a lot of spring ball and do all kinds of things like that. But this, this has been um, a question for me that I've tossed around in my mind, and I want your take on it. When Jim Harbaugh came to Ann Arbor, it was, oh, look out. Everything's going to turn around. Ohio State better fear the Wolverines again. It's going to turn into championships. And you had that second season where it looked like, yep, wow, it's here, 2016. And you came right down to the wire. You're up 10 in Columbus. And then then things I don't know, they, they leveled out a little bit. If not, certainly they went down in 2020. Then all of a sudden, the last two years, things just take off like a rocket ship. I want to know from you, John Wangler, what either in your mind, what clicked for this program or was it a culmination of, of all the work that these guys, uh, Jim Harbaugh especially, had put into it over a number of years? It's really, in my opinion, it was, you know, a combination of both, really. Mm -hmm. uh, I think, you know, everyone, uh, when Jimmy came in, uh, you know, everyone just thought it was going to snap your fingers and it was going to be us in Ohio State, you know, like the old days. And, you know, we had some work to do. I mean, we had some good players, but, you know, they had not been successful and, and uh, to the level that we expected Michigan. And, and so it took a while for him really to – to put his stamp on it, you know, and it, it did look like it down there in Columbus, you know, if, you know, had we uh, gotten the, the stop there, right? I mean, you know, who knows, right? But uh, it, it's just, I mean, the Big Ten obviously is very competitive. Ohio State had been playing at another level for a long time. And it took a while, I think, for Jim to get the program uh, to really be in his image and likeness. And I think it took, you know, uh, it took a few years, probably longer than, all the fans and everybody were alike, but I think it's finally, it finally came together, you know, with Aiden Hutchinson in that class. And, you know, I, I give those guys a lot of credit. I think enough was enough. And they finally, they finally got over the hump. And I knew once we got over the hump with Ohio State, I think we were going to be up and running. And uh, I, I give Jim a ton of credit because he evaluated, you know, how things were going and he made changes and he made changes as, you know, coordinators, he made changes in his assistant coaches. He brought back young guys. He got brought back guys who had played in the program. Uh, you bring back a Mike Hart. You bring back a Ron Bellamy. Uh, you hire Sharon Moore. Uh, 
you know, just mentor. I mean, you, he's he's pulled some great hires out, and I think uh, I think he's kind of stepped back a little bit and allowed those guys to coach and uh, and do their thing. And I think the culture's never been better down there. And uh, I think we're really starting to see the fruits of you know uh, everything that he's put together and the building blocks. And uh, I think we're we're going to have a nice ride here for a while. Yeah, I really like some of those latter points that you made in terms of the staff because I, when I came in and started doing the Wolverine, you had a staff that included Jerry Hanlon and you had uh, Cam Cameron, you had Les Miles. I mean, it was a very strong staff. And I think this, this present collection of guys is maybe the strongest staff I've seen since. And, uh, and that's saying a lot. So yeah. Tom, Tom Crawford, react to, uh, to what uh, John's take was on this. Well, John's obviously got a, a deeper perspective of being, you know, part of the program for several decades, two sons in the program at, at the time. Uh, but I, I noticed it at Big Ten Media Days when we went down to, to Indy um, prior to the 21 season. I mean, Jim just had the he, – he, well, he had lost weight. He looked great. He, he looked, like, stress-free. It's like he was a different Jim Harbaugh. He, was, he wasn't kind of like – you know, kind of got a edged look to himself. And, and he spoke confidently of, of – of the rivalries about Michigan State and Ohio State were a priority, and he had and he had Aiden Hutchinson get up there and, and basically say the same thing: "We got to beat Ohio State, go through Ohio State." So it was actually addressing the, the the goals with confidence, and just you could tell something was different. And I, you know, I, I concur with what Wang says. You know about those those hire they got they got a great staff right now. They got mm-hmm. a terrific staff with Jesse Mentor coming back at that DC. Wow, that's a big time staff. And when you mm-hmm. when you pay your uh, your strength and conditioning coach uh, a million bucks a year, you're committed. And I, that's a good that's a good thing in my mind. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt about it. All right, well, let's talk. I want to talk spring game, and from what you have seen, heard, read, John Wangler. I mean, there's one statement that Jim Harbaugh made. We're going to refer to it uh, in a little bit, but he's obviously pretty impressed with where they're at right now. When you were uh, paying attention to what was coming out of the spring game, what are the things that jumped out to you the most? Well, you know, spring games are traditionally uh, kind of, uh, they're hard to evaluate in a lot of ways. You know, I guess the nicest way, it's kind of like everybody wants to get it over with. We got to get through it. Let's get through this with no injuries, right? Uh, No one's going to show anything. But I think uh, from seeing it and from, you know, talking to some of the coaches and players, uh, that offensive line that we have, and you didn't even see all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. We have, I think, nine or ten guys who could probably start anywhere in the country. And it, and it all starts with the offensive line, you know, as, as much as we all love the skill guys. Um, it starts with the offensive line. That, that's, if you have an offensive line, you can do what you want offensively. And then you can keep the other team's offense off the field. You control the football. And I think this line, obviously, coming off the last two years of winning the uh, Joe Moore Award is the greatest. Yep. They could be lined up for a three-peat. I mean, and, and so they got great depth there, which is, which is great. Uh, our running backs, you know, our top two guys didn't play. I think they're both going to be, you know, all Americans. They could both be 1,500-yard backs, in my opinion. Uh, they're, they're tremendous, you know. Uh, and then, you know, with Blake and Donovan, they can do much more than run to. They can catch, right? So that gives you another avenue. 
And then the, the new kid that came out was very impressed was that Benjamin Hall. Exactly. You know, and then he ran up and down there and uh, he is really a strong runner, you know, reminded me of Haskins a few years ago. Uh, and uh, so that gives you another dimension, right? And, and then they got, uh, you know, other kids who didn't play who were injured and they got, you know, some great kids coming in. So, and you need four, four or five running backs in, in the system that he wants to run, right? Uh, no so that was uh, very impressive to me. I love the tight ends. Uh, you know, they got some good young guys, and, you know, great seasons last year. Uh, and wide receivers, you know, they're, they've been, uh, you know, you just keep plugging them in. And I think with this offense we have, uh, the new kid, Peyton O'Leary, was, was impressive. I hadn't really seen him. Uh, much, and then he came in and had a great spring game, so that bodes well, right, to give us some depth at that position. Okay, well, let me stop you there for just a second, because you know, there are going to be people that uh, follow their recruiting lists and have it all there, John, and and say, wait a minute, what, what, Peyton O'Leary, well, I never heard of this guy. How can a how can a, a a guy that is not on you know on high on the scholarship list come in and and do uh, what we'd like to see these guys do? Share us share some insight on on your recollections of uh, of guys that can contribute that maybe weren't at the top of somebody's recruiting list. Well, you know, there's there's a lot of instances over. Right. We could start with uh, a Brian Greasy, right? He came here as a walk-up. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a amazing some of the stories that we've had over the years. And, you know, the rankings, you know, are important, but, you know, we've had a lot of a lot of players who were two and three stars who just hung in there and hung in there. And by the time they're, you know, fourth and fifth year guys, they end up being big time players. And, you know, you never know. Injuries happen. Guys get their chance. And, and you love to see those kind of stories happen. And, uh, you know, he looks like he could be one of those stories. And a lot of them, you know, they make it, they start off on special teams, they work their way up, and then all of a sudden, you know, the coaches have confidence in them and, and they put them in there. You know, there's, there's a fine line. I've always said, you take the Barry Sanders or the Dan Marinos or the John Elways, maybe there's 10 or 15% of the guys who are physically superior to everybody. Anthony Carter, right? Charles sure. Wilson. They're going to be stars regardless. Mm-hmm. Everybody else kind of falls in that 75% range. So who gets the breaks? Who gets an opportunity? Who hangs in there? Who stays out of trouble, right? So there's a lot of – and you look at the NFL. I think there's some statistic. 25% of the all-pros are undrafted free agents. Mm-hmm. So – you know, and in football, it's it's a fine line, and you just love to see those kind. Of, look, you want to get the superstars, the five stars that gets all everybody excited, and most of the time, in the end, they're eighty percent of the time they'll probably be the best players. But there's that twenty percent that there's a factor that you can't evaluate heart, you can't evaluate persistence and toughness and all those great intangibles that as much as people spend money on trying to evaluate them and test them, you can't until you get someone in a game situation in front of 110,000, you really don't know, you know, what they can do. So it'll be fun to watch. No doubt about it. Braylon Edwards, two-star, Mike Hart, low three-star, as I recall. Tom Crawford, you heard what John was talking about in terms of uh, Benjamin Hall and Peyton O'Leary. How about a 
reaction to uh, to what those guys did. Well, yeah, Peyton O'Leary, interesting guy. So Dave Avaloff, yes, I brings in Peyton O'Leary. You know, this guy just got his first scholarship. You know, the scholarship in February. Everybody seems to love this kid. Uh, he's loved by his other uh, former, you know, all his fellow players. Davis Warren's his roommate. This guy is a when he was a senior in high school. They, all, with COVID, they called off football, so he wanted to play lacrosse. He was going to go to UMass, and he ends up at Michigan. His dad was a football coach. What a great story. And I, I want to get John's reaction, uh, Johnny Wang's reaction to this. Could he be that guy in the red zone beyond the tight end? Because, I mean, he caught a two-point conversion to win the game for the maze of, of, of Coach Mike Hart. But what's frustrating, I think you and I, JB, have talked about this. Is there a wide receiver that can play that red zone receiver like Mario Manningham, like Anthony Carter in the Rose Bowl when John was a senior? Is it, Could he be that guy, Johnny Wanks? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that you know, I think he could be, you know, how many uh, slot receivers did Tom Brady, you know, get into the Hall of Fame and get Super Bowl ranks, right? Yeah. He's that kind of guy, right? He reminds me of. And I think, you know, he's a gamer and he makes plays, you know. And sometimes, you know, there's guys, you know, on paper, maybe they don't run a 4-4, but they just have a knack of getting open, right? And he seems to have that innate ability to find that open area and to make a play, you know, when, when on paper he shouldn't be making that play. So, you know, he he it looks like he could be a valuable weapon. And, you know, they got a bunch of receivers, I think, who we're going to see some new guys break out of the pack this year and who are going to become stars. You know, we got a great quarterback. We got a great situation there. You got great running backs and offensive line. So they're going to have opportunities to get open and make plays. All right. Well, Jen Wangler knows a little bit about quarterbacking at Michigan, uh, obviously. Uh, uh, one of the great ones and uh, contributed mightily to uh, a breakthrough season for the Wolverines. Anybody that has watched this team, this program for any amount of time knows all about that. John, I want to get your uh, opinion on the present quarterback situation because it appears to be maybe as healthy as it's been since Jim Harbaugh came along back to this program. Yeah, I think it's that quarterback room is, is, a, is in great, great shape. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a joy to watch JJ's development over the last couple of years. It really has. Uh, and I think a lot of it, you know, obviously you can see the physical skills. And, and I think the intangibles with him, I think, are something that maybe gets overlooked every now and then. He's a great leader. The kids love him. They play for him. He's a team guy. Uh, you know, I like his demeanor. You saw it in the bowl game. You know, the kid never quit, kept fighting. And, and there's a lot There's a lot to him. And I think all he needed was more snaps, right? He needed experience. And, and the more experience, now he's got, you know, a year starting under his belt. And uh, I think it's going to continue to play huge dividends. I think when it's all said and done with J.J., he'll be one of the great quarterbacks that we ever had. At that position, and uh, you know, I feel so comfortable with him. Uh, I think the backup will be in good shape. I think uh, there's a couple guys vying for that position, right? I, I know the kid from uh, Indiana was it Tuttle was his name. Tuttle, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he did a nice job in spring, from what I've heard. And uh, you know, I think they got some good they got some good players. And I think at at Orgy, he really um, they're gonna have to find some time for him. They're gonna have to put some uh, packages in for him. I think he's yeah. gonna be. A, hard guy to keep off the field because he's got a unique skill set and uh, so I think they're they're in good shape uh, very good shape of that position 
Hi, this is Jonathan from Lewis Jewelers. If you're in the market for a diamond, we can make the experience easy and stress-free. Not to mention we can save you time and money. As a general manager, one of my roles is to hand-select every diamond that comes into our store. Don't shop alone. Come see me or one of my trusted advisors and find the perfect diamond today. Where Ann Arbor gets engaged, Lewis Jewelers. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I think so too, Tom. Before you jump in with an observation or a question for uh, for John Wangler, I've got one follow up for you, John. You you referenced the uh, the playoff game that uh, against TCU. What will JJ McCarthy take from that? What will he learn? Such a competitor. I mean, here's a kid that that goes out and watches the other team celebrate because he is so locked into being the one celebrating had, you know, he, he had a game where, you know, you throw two pick sixes and it, it turns out he brought him back close game. But as, as he looks at that, what is he going to be able to take away at, to get better this year? Well, he, he's going to know you can't, you cannot uh, ever underestimate experience in game experience. Right. And the fact that he played at the highest stage against a tremendous team, and, you know, he, he had a couple of passes I'm sure he wish he would have had back, but he fought back and he brought him back. And, and I think I think what he knows, and he was there, he was in the Georgia game the year before. Mm-hmm. He's played against Ohio State on the highest stage. He's beaten Michigan State. All these experiences gives him confidence that, okay, he's taking the next step, right? He knows he can beat Ohio State. He knows he can beat Michigan State. He knows he can beat Penn State. Now he knows, okay, I got. I know what I have to do to win a playoff game, and and and, and I'm ready now. Okay, I went through it. We were close. You know, we would love to win. Could have, should have, would have. But I think it's going to fuel him for this season, and, and he'll never forget that. I, I was on a team that went to the Rose Bowl three times and we lost. Right, and we sat there and had to live in that locker room and come home and hear all the the talk and everything, and it stays with you. He's a tremendous competitor. This will do nothing but motivate him and his teammates all season because they had to sit there and watch those guys get, get the trophy and, and, you know, advance on. And uh, I, I think that experience is probably going to be the best experience he had all year. Even beating Ohio State was great. But I think the fact that he had to sit there and, and see what uh, how it felt is going to really take them to the next level this year. Okay. Tom, jump in there. Well, you know, for Johnny Wangs, I wanted to, you know, the thing about the spring game, and, and JB, you and I have talked about this depth thing on both sides of the ball. I mean, I, you know, I'm looking at the, you know, perceived two deeps or make that three deeps, and you see recognizable names, guys that have played a lot of football are third string. I mean, Kenneth Grant was, wait, the first player drafted. I, you know, I don't even, I mean, he's going to be a rotation guy, maybe starting out. I mean, it, it's that deep on the defensive line. I kind of like with, with with Wangs is to get a comparison. I love doing comparisons. When he was a freshman, that 76 team, John, that was so deep. 
and it was number one in the nation year round in uh, the whole year and and uh, lost to Purdue near the end. And, and that was such a deep team. I mean, is this one of the deepest teams? I mean, since you've been in school or even following Michigan prior to that, that you've ever seen in this, which kind of dovetails into what Harbaugh said. I mean, this is the best team he's had. I mean, am I exaggerating that a little bit, John? You know, I, I mean, time will tell, right, Tom? I mean, you look at the team that almost beat Ohio State, should have beat Ohio State, you know, yeah. referees, you know, could see. But um, they had 14 or 15 guys drafted, right? Yeah. It was one in the NFL. That was one hell of a deep team. Yeah. These, these guys, I think, are very similar. And I, I think, and just being an observer, my kids aren't on the team anymore, just kind of looking from the outside and seeing the pulse. I've never seen better chemistry up there than I have the last couple of years. I really haven't. Between the coaches, the players, I think, you know, Jim's done a great job uh, creating that, uh, that atmosphere and that, uh, that sense of team. Uh, and again, you know, and uh, you know, there were some years where it didn't feel the same way, but I think the, the culture up there is, is, is as good as I've seen it. And, and I do think the players are feeding off. That's the thing about football. Once you get that culture and that momentum, you know, you can all play better than you're supposed to. And they have a lot of great players who are playing a, at a high level. And it's not about, you know, they're not a lot of me guys, I don't think. They seem to be more, more team guys. And it's, they're willing to share the, the glory and everything. And I think the coaches, they're all, you know, relating together. And I, I think it's, it's, a, it's as good an atmosphere as I've ever seen up there. And, uh, you know, what Jess Minner has done on defense, um, he's doing some things now. You know, he's had his year to kind of uh, fine-tune what, what was in place, but he's adding a bunch of different coverages now where they're mixing it up. You know, they're, they're disguising coverages and doing some things that they, you know, you know, before in the previous regime, they would just line, line up and play man-to-man. And as a quarterback, it's a lot easier, and you want them to play man-to-man, really. Uh, or, and blitz you because, you know, you're going to hit a few big plays. They may get you a couple of times, but you're going to hit some big plays. But what they're doing this year in the, in the combination of the man underneath and zone uh, as a quarterback, and you can see it even with J.J., right? Those quarterbacks have been confused uh, this spring. And so if you're being able to confuse J.J. McCarthy with your defense in spring, then, then you know you got something special. And it's going to be fun to watch those guys in the fall what they're doing these opposing teams. No question about it. And this is John Wangler speaking not as a fan or not as even an ex-former Michigan player, um, although he is both of those, I guess, in relation to Michigan football. But he is someone that is has been still close to the program in ways. You, you reference, uh, you know, having uh, sons in the program. Talk about what it is like to uh, to have that experience. I mean, you had the experience of going through it yourself and then to uh, to be able to be connected in that way. It's a lot harder having sons in the program. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I had Jack, and he came in as a, as a walk-on wide receiver and he ended up getting a scholarship at the end, and he got in a lot of special teams and stuff and a little bit on offense. Uh, and then Jared uh, came in as a linebacker and then he ended up being a fullback and – you got to play a little, a little linebacker and, and then the fullback kind of the last couple of years and some special teams. So it was it was great, uh, you know, having him in the program. Uh, you know, 
I never wanted to force them in anything. They kind of made their own mind up. They're a little bit brainwashed, but I, you know, they had to live their own life. And Jared actually committed to Penn State before he came to before Michigan offered him. And I'll forever be indebted to, to Brady Hope for offering Jared and letting Jack play. And and then and Jim came in and they had him play for you know somebody I knew since he was 14 years old and you know had been a, a friend and and you know, someone I, I helped recruit when I was a GA, you know, it, it really was uh, a dream come true, right? I mean, I, to have them part of the program, to get their degrees from Michigan, to have the relationships and memories that they had, to be great teammates and part of it, uh, you know, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. Okay. And then I know John Wangler is um, circumspect enough to understand that uh, what happens in Schembechler Hall stays in Schembechler Hall. But did you ever have those moments where where uh, one of your sons said, ah, I, I don't know if I can talk about that, Dad, or or did, did they understand it It stops with you? Yeah, no, they they were good about it. They, you know, those guys, uh, they were very good. And they did a good job about not, even though, you know, I played there and I knew it, they uh, would stay, went out there, stayed there, you know. I mean, I, it, a lot of the kids would come over the house and uh, go swim in the summer and you'd hear them talking and stuff. But they, those kids were really uh, pretty, you know, respective of, of what was going on. And, uh, and I didn't press them. I mean, that, you know, I don't want to be that dad, you know. They, 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 uh, they, they got to enjoy it and, and be part of it. And, you know, stuff happens. And, you know, uh, it, it was, it was, it really was, uh, and then they all both got to play five years, which was great. And they got yeah. to travel a lot, and, and they got in. Jared got to score a touchdown, and uh, it was it was really. Uh, I'm forever indebted to Michigan and Michigan football and what they've done for our family. Good stuff. I appreciate it very much. We will be back momentarily with uh, with John Wangler and Tom Crawford, but uh, we're going to take a quick uh, break. We've had a high energy session with them. We're going to have. More high energy with our sponsor, vitaminenergy.com. Fitness, energy, health, all in one convenient shot. Great tasting and energy for seven or more hours with no sugar crash because there's no sugar in it. It's non-GMO. It's kosher certified as well. The Burner Plus, energy and performance all packed into one. A thermogenic fat burner. I tried the pomegranate with uh, more to come and got the thermogenic fat burner going in my own life, walking the golf course, keeping that alertness when you drive, you name it. You don't want drowsiness there and you won't have it with Varniman Energy. Just use the promo code Wolverine Bogo. That's Wolverine B-O-G-O at vitaminenergy.com. It's easy. Go to vitaminenergy.com, add an item to your cart and get an item of equal or lesser value absolutely free. Give it a try. Give it a shot. Shake it and take it, vitamin energy. And again, that promo code Wolverine Bogo. And now we're going right back to our guests, uh, John Wangler. We don't want to lose any time with him because it, it is a treat for all of those uh, fans out there. I know that have watched this program for a long time and have great fond memories of John and what, what he did for it. Um, you talk about, uh, what the elements are that have made this program on the rise. And uh, John, you mentioned those uh, assistant coaches. Just recently, we heard about the extensions for Jesse Minter, 
for Sharon Moore and uh, also for Ben Herbert, uh, uh, the strength and conditioning guy that has done so much for this program. How how big is that to you as you're looking at this and and understanding where they've been the past couple of years to for them to say, all right, we really want to commit to keeping this group together and uh, and making sure that these guys are well taken care of. Well, that says everything, right? I mean, it's a commitment to to the program, right? And it's a commitment that the university and ward makes and Jim makes, you know, to keep. You know, I've always said, if you want good people, you got to pay them especially in this day and age, you know, and uh, the fact, you know, you brought up Ben Herbert. I mean, you talk about, you could argue that he may be the MVP, right? Because he's with the kids more than anybody. And, uh, you know, you've seen the development that he's, uh, you know, look at the kids, right? Look at their bodies, look how, how they've uh, developed and grown. And then, you know, for Sharon and, and for Jesse, what they've done, uh, you need, you need to keep great young coaches, and that's what those those two are. Um, and you know, in the end, you know, you got to give Jim a lot of credit. Uh, uh, he really, you know, what he's done. Uh, you know, I mean, let's face it. A couple years ago, we we were struggling, and and people, and it's not easy to to turn things around, and and you know, with the expect, expectations at Michigan. And I, I give him a world of credit. And you know, he's the leader. He sets the tempo. And he was able to uh, find these coaches and get these guys to come work with them. He was able to, to get the culture, you know, to where he wanted it. It's finally come around. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a, like everything, right? It's a team effort. But it starts at the top. So you got, if the head guy has is, is got things going in the right direction, he, he puts his, his soldiers in place. And, and, you know, we're starting to really see the fruits of, of that whole dynamic. Yeah, no doubt. Tom Crawford, uh, your own observations on that topic or jump in there with a question of your own? Well, you know, with uh, to dovetail back down on what uh, Wang's talking about, uh, letting coaches coach and, and not micromanaging. I've seen this in other college programs or coaches are less when they got micromanagers. Jim Harbaugh's letting his his coaches coach. And, and I know this is just a spring game, but Mike Hart brought this up in the in the post spring game uh, press conference that, hey, he just, you know, let Jesse and I coach our teams. He didn't have, didn't even attend meetings. He was like gone for the week. So he, it's almost like he made Mike Hart the coach for the week. I know mm -hmm. it's just a spring game, but that's that's a that's a good thing, as far as giving your your coaches ownership of what of what they're doing. And and my and John John Wanger can relate to this as, as being successful in business as much as he has in, in in sporting goods and stuff is that you leverage your strengths in business or in athletics. Michigan has a core of strengths. It's brand, it's historic, winning this football coach in America, the football team in America in terms mm -hmm. of, to of total wins, yeah. uh, legendary coach in Bo Schembechler building that foundation. It's got a lot of monetary support, got a lot of illustrious alumni willing to donate money. And so to be for them to be more aggressive paying their coaches. This is not $21,000 that Canham's paying Bill uh, Bo Schembecker with a right now at a contract on a napkin. You know, those days are, those days are gone. I mean, this is a commitment. And when I looked at the top 10 coaches right now in America, Jim Harbaugh by base salary is not even in the top 10. And you wonder like, why is that? Well, his bonus structure got him up to 10 mil, but still, I think Michigan still has some, some more commitment financially. And as long as they don't, uh, 
compromise their academic integrity because they lost a football player I know who didn't make the standards academically and won in basketball in the last couple of years. That I'm glad there's you know as a graduate of, of Michigan I'm I'm glad that they they're adhering to that. I think that's more very very important. I'm sure that Johnny Wangs agrees with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the great thing about Michigan is, is uh, you know, we have high standards and a commitment to excellence, and, and they're not going to compromise that. And that makes it even more difficult to, to continue to compete at the level we do. So you got to give Jim even more credit. You know, I'm not uh, downgrading the other programs, but some of those other programs that we're competing with at the highest level are not held to the same academic standards exactly. we are. You know, whether it's the transfer portal, whether it's, you know, a lot of different factors, right? Getting into the school. Yeah. So the fact that we can compete at the highest level, both academically and uh, in athletics and on the football field and basketball court and all the different uh, sports we com uh, compete in, that says a lot about Michigan. And that's how it's always been. It's never been the easiest place to coach because of those restrictions, but we've always found a way. And uh, it, that's why we have to be better. And, uh, that's, you know, that's uh, one of the great things about Michigan. All right. And speaking of excellence, you've got uh, your head coach after uh, the spring game saying that uh, this is, and I quote, the best version of a Michigan football team we've had. That says quite a bit when, uh, when your coach has uh, that sort of swagger. And I, I mean, and, and Understand, this is a, a, a Jim Harbaugh who has said, you know, he doesn't necessarily like to, to make comparisons. Well, he's saying this is this is the best uh, product I think that we've turned out so far. At, he says on April one. I mean, he's understand they have to go do it on the field. But when you hear that kind of talk, John, you have to know that Jim Harbaugh feels pretty good about this group. Well, Jim's seen a lot of football, right? And he's uh, he's won at the highest level, and he's been successful, highly successful everywhere he's been. And he, he knows football. And for him to make that statement, he's he's never been shy, and, he you know, he's a confident guy. And for him to say that uh, bodes well for, for the season. Now, we all got to keep our fingers crossed that, you know, injuries, you know, you got a lot of factors that happen, but, you know, if things – you know, continue on that course, you know, he knows that we could be, you know, uh, a champion in the Big Ten and we can be battling, you know, getting into the, the Final Four. And, I mean, we have that kind of talent. And, you know, I think when the kids, they're talking about it, that's their expectation now. Their expectation is not to just, you know, win, beat Ohio State. I mean, yeah, we got to beat Ohio State. They're on the road. Penn State, I mean, you go through the schedule. Michigan State, right? None of those, all those are stepping stones. But in the end, they, they have that kind of team and that kind of talent to compete for a national championship. And, and he sees that, and he wants those kids to, you know, that's their goal. And that's what they're shooting for. And that's what they'll be working for all summer and the offseason is to be the best in the country. And, and you know, it starts today because they'll be working out, you know, this week and getting ready for, for the fall. And the road to the Big Ten championship and the playoffs still goes through the Buckeyes. You win that game. Uh, more than likely you're in the Big Ten Championship game and in position to make the playoffs. I recall, my I, I'll say it right here, my favorite Buckeye of all time, I believe, is Chris Spielman, 
who is a great guy and who I've done a lot of back and forth work with at times. Uh, used to have him on uh, other uh, broadcasts that, that I did. And he, his comment when uh, Jim first arrived was, uh, okay, now it's going to get serious. And he said he welcomed that because the rivalry had lost some of the flavor that he was used to. Um, for John Wangler, do you go back and forth with, uh, with any uh, former Ohio State guys? And I'm, I'm just looking for maybe their reaction to, uh, to what has taken place the last two years in terms of Michigan stepping up. Yeah, well, my buddy Al Washington, uh, his son coached here, Al Washington Jr., but Al and I played against each other, and we have some uh, unique history in that game. But um, Al felt the same way. We all feel the same way, right? A rivalry, it has to, it can't be one-sided, you know? And it's never been one-sided. I mean, you look over the history of it, it's so close, right? But it, it seems like it's kind of been a, a rivalry of runs, you know? We've had a, you had the Cooper era. You had, you know, when Bo and Woody were, it was 5-4 and 1, and, you know, we had a great run when I was there. Um, but but really, uh, it's got to be back and forth. And, and you know, look at you go to Michigan to play Ohio State and you beat Ohio State. They go to Ohio State to beat us. And and, and, and that's just how it is. And that's what makes it such a, 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 a beautiful rivalry, right? I mean, you know, we're all a little biased, but, I mean, it is the greatest rivalry in the country, right? And, I, you know, and when one team was winning – so long, it kind of got it did lose a little bit, right? And we all felt bad. They felt bad on their side. They wanted us to to win one so that we could, you know. I mean, it's so. I think it's it's obviously back to where it should be. And I, I don't I don't think it's going to go back the other way. God forbid it, you know, for either one of us. And because you know, when you beat Ohio State, that means something. And you just what you said, John. You beat Ohio State. The odds of you, you know, having an opportunity to play. Uh, in the final four is, is great. And so, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's what you shoot for. They're, they're, they're the benchmark in the, in the big 10 and we're the benchmark in the big 10. And, and you know, we're kind of, you know, that's, that's why we, we love this rivalry. I think. There you go. Tom Crawford, any last football items that you'd like to check off or ask about or, or mention before we switch sports? Cause we're coming down the home stretch of this particular Wolverine live. Yeah, I just have this question for Johnny Wangler. Is is um, his senior year after the knee injury comes back? He takes he leads his Wolverines his fifth year to the Rose Bowl, and that was Bo's first Rose Bowl win, first yes. bowl win. That was huge. Okay, so you end. I mean, because I was a school, they never won a bowl game <laughs> when you were on the team, right? And so um, after I leave school, then you guys win. You win. You win the Rose Bowl, and I kind of take us through how what a relief that was for you, John. And what kind of momentum, winning your last game, carried that over the following year? I know you went to become a GA after that, but kind of take us through that sigh of relief. You finally won a bowl game, end the season on a good note after during the 70s, it was always ending on a sour note. Yeah, you know, you talk about uh, just uh, letting the air out of the balloon. I mean, we, we had been there three years at the Rose Bowl and then the Gator Bowl we lost the year before. And, um, you know, the interesting thing about that season, Tom, 
going back to 1979, we lost to Ohio, we lost to Purdue, Ohio State, and North Carolina. So that we're coming off three straight losses. And then we go into 1980 uh, and we lose. Uh, we win our first game, we whip up on Northwestern 17 to like 10 in a rainstorm. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then we lose to Notre Dame, uh, you know, on that last second field goal by Harry Oliver. And then we lose to South Carolina, last second play, George Rogers. We should have beat them. So we had lost five out of six. Yeah. We, you know, I don't know if that happened or since in Michigan. I mean, you know, right. the, the, the walls were coming down and, and Rome was burning. And we were taking a lot of, I mean, thank God they didn't have uh, social media back then. <laughs> it wasn't pretty just having newspapers and television. Right. But then we got on a roll and we turned it around and we won nine straight. And, um, you know, we were playing for so much more. It wasn't even about any individuals. It was about we are, we're playing for Michigan. We're playing for, you know, ourselves, our team, get for all the guys who paid the price all those years for Bo to finally get the, the monkey off his back, all the stuff that was, you know, being said. And, and so it, it was, you know, you couldn't have drawn it up a better way to end the career. Uh, we were probably, you know, I wish we would have had a playoff because I think at the end of the year, we were probably yeah. as well or better than anybody. I don't think we weren't, I mean, we wouldn't have been afraid of the Dallas Cowboys at that point. It was, it was <laughs> we had supreme confidence. I mean, it was, so, so it was, uh, it was great. And to finish up and to, you know, to, to, Go out like that, uh, you know. That was this way you want to go out, you know. And, uh, so I was very fortunate. All right, great memories of that team, obviously, and uh, and your part in it. Uh, what a what a year that was. Um, speaking of finishing well and uh, uh, good feelings of achievement, you're looking at a Michigan hockey team that has put uh, taken the interim label off of Brandon Narado and uh, he now is not only the uh, Michigan's full-time coach but he is also with his team in the Frozen Four in the unlikely venue of Tampa, Florida yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> against Quinnipiac in the uh, in the semifinals of the Frozen Four. Tom Crawford, you Check in for a minute and uh, and give me your thoughts on that one. Then I'll we'll find out if uh, uh, John Wangler had any hockey connections. Well, well I, I'm always curious how how do you you have to air condition this, this facility and then you got to make sure the ice is cold and in that 85 degree heat. That one baffles me about the hockey in in Florida. But in all seriousness, though, this is a this is with Brandon Norado. This is a this is a tremendous team. I mean, they have a great opportunity here. They haven't won a national championship since 1998, although they've had a lot of near misses. Uh, they had that one in 96, 98. And this team, seven first-round picks, guys. That's a lot of talent on this team. And it's the youngest team in the country. I mean, it's got 12 freshmen on the team. And, and like, 83, I think 83% of their scoring comes from freshmen and sophomores. And Adam Fantilli is just a tremendous player. They got a lot of a lot of great stories on that team. When Frank Nazer finally got healthy, they, they started – getting things going in February kind of got on a little bit of a roll. And, and uh, so I, I like their chance, but you know, with hockey guys, uh, it's puck luck, right? I mean, one bounce. One, one bounce and you're, and you're dead. I mean, I was watching that Penn state game in the regional. And they got, are you going to score in this game? And, and, you know, Michigan's a really good offensive team after they beat Minnesota in big 10 
the championship. So, uh, hey, Quinnipiac, um, I knew they do a lot of data research out of that school, but um, I, I hopefully they're not that good in hockey. And then Michigan will have a chance probably to play Minnesota on Saturday night in, in the title game, which will be tough because you got, you know, Minnesota will be looking for payback after what happened in the, in the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, John, I know you uh, bleed maize and blue, certainly, but uh, do you, any hockey connections from the past or present? Well, yeah, I, a bunch of my friends, you know, we, we're friends with a lot of the hockey guys. And then one of the guys I worked with, Dave Moss, was a great player at Michigan, and he played in the NHL. And he, his best friend is uh, Coach Brandon. So I, I get all the inside scoops there with the hockey. And, uh, all right. They had a bunch of their – alumni going down to support them there in, in, in Tampa. And I was actually down there a couple of weeks ago and they're really fired up about having the frozen four. They got signs everywhere. And, you know, that's a, it's a big deal. And uh, yeah, I love, I love watching hockey. I love following Michigan. Um, you know, they, you know, we've had a great, you know, obviously history and tradition in hockey. I mean, we've had some unbelievable teams over the years, but, like you said, Tom, we haven't won it since 1998. We've had some great teams. Yeah, we've gotten really close. You know, it's time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so it'll be fun. But I'm, I'm so happy for Brandon. That he, you know, he, he got the interim tag uh, label lifted. And they gave him, you know, a good job, a good contract, and you know, he's back. He's done a wonderful job for a first year coach, and uh, he's uh, he's a very very talented young coach. I mean, he really is. So you know, obviously, you can see what he's done this year. There you go. And we got to see a former Michigan coach in the national championship game in basketball last night, Brian yeah. Nutcher, getting, yeah. uh, you know, you saw Jawan Howard giving Steve Fisher a hug. It's like uh, throwback days. And uh, we saw UConn absolutely overpower yet another team. You turn back to Michigan, which had that whole Sweet 16 streak going. Now, all of a sudden, it looks like maybe the biggest challenge for Juwan Howard since he has taken over as coach. Um, you lose uh, your own son who uh, goes to the NBA. You, uh, you lose uh, uh, Kobe Bufkin, who uh, came on to be one of your best players. And then just this week, all of a sudden, you've got Hunter Dickinson going for the portal. I'm, I'm a little... Uh, uh, concerned about where they stand right now, but it's basketball just seems like such a, a free agent game at this point. <laughs> and it's really going to be on uh, Juwan Howard to, I guess, play the game as it is, uh, as it is right now and, and bring some guys in. What, what are you fellas thoughts about that? Um, well, I'll, I'll jump in. I mean, this, um, this reminds me of what Jim Harbaugh went through after the 2020 season. Remember, it was two and three off the COVID year, and all of a sudden, what's going on? My God, what's going on with Michigan football? And um, as as what Wangs was talking about, I, you know, Jim Harbaugh self scouted himself and and made great hires. He made great decisions. He did some cultural tweaking, obviously. And look what happened. I think this is John Howard's time to do this uh, because it's not good when you lose your cap. Your, your, your leading score rebounder and your captain leave the team after three other guys have left the team. That's not a good look. However, in basketball, like you were saying, JB, it's almost like free agency. I mean, look what Kansas State, last year at this time, they had zero coach, two players. 
Mm. And they got to the Elite Eight. Look at LSU's women. They had nine new players come in, and they just won the national championship. So, um, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's fixable. I like Juwan. I, 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 I think he can do this portal thing. And I'm interested to get Johnny Wangler's perspective on this because he played basketball. People may not realize this. He was in the basketball program. He was a two-sport athlete at Michigan uh, in the 70s. Uh, of what what Juwan has to do, Wangs, to right the ship here. What do, what are you seeing from your basketball knowledge and intellect? Well, I think you had a great uh, you know analogy. You know, kind of yes. what happened with Michigan in 2020. I mean, that really. And that's kind of where it seems like it's at, you know. And I think, and the difference between football and basketball is you only takes you two, three guys. Yeah. Two, yeah. Three, right. It's not like football where you got to have, you know, eleven on each side. So, and especially in this day of, of uh, transfer portal, and you know, kids are you're moving around way more freely. And you know, the analogies you used about Kansas State and LSU girls, you know, they, they brought in nine girls from all over the country, right? Yeah. So, and yeah. they turn it around. So, yeah, Juwan's got to do some things. I think he's got to, you know, self-scout. I think he's got to, you know, look at his, his, his staff, get more involved, see if they can, you know, whatever they got to do to elicit more out of, out of them to help him out. And, uh, you know, it's definitely fixable. And, but I, I think they're going to have to make some some tough calls and they have to get some, some kids uh, convinced that, uh, you know, and they got some young guys coming in. Yeah, and so, look at Michigan is a desirable place to play. I like Juwan too, and I think kids want to play for him and be a part of this program. So we're an attractive place to land. So I think that is an advantage for us. And they're just going to have to find the right kids and bring them in. And uh, you know, I think they can turn around pretty quick. But uh, it's not going to be easy. He's going to have to make some tough calls and, and figure this thing out. Absolutely. Nice job, fellas. Way to take it home strong in the fourth quarter, as always. I appreciate it. John Wangler, uh, super uh, privileged to have you on. We want to do this again with you sometime, uh, if you'd be willing, but uh, maybe closer to football season. Uh, much appreciate your input. Uh, Tom, as always, thank you much. And uh, just uh, a pleasure having you both on. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it, John and Tom. Thanks for having me on. You know, when you get, uh, you know, I'm going to be 65 here in June. So when you get this old, people still want to hear you talk. It's, yeah. it's very nice. <laughs> I appreciate you guys having me on and let me, uh, you know, talk some uh, some football and basketball and hockey with you. All right, guys. Thank you. Very All good. Right. We'll do it again. Sometime. All right. Have Stay a great day. Thank you. Yeah. See you.